Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Crosspoint Podcast. And please take a moment to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you enjoy this content, please don't hesitate to leave us a five-star review and share this podcast with your friends. We'd love to have you join us in person at 10 a.m. this Sunday at Franklin Road Baptist Church in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. You can also connect with us online at frbc.com. Thanks again for checking us out and enjoy the episode. Did it from memory. So 2 Peter chapter number 3 is where we're going to be today. And I close out the series that we started really back around Thanksgiving. And it uh, feels like it was much further than that, but I think we've only taught, I think this is the fifth lesson in this series. And um, so anyways, tis the season of resolution. Tis the season of resolution. This is one of my favorite polls that I take every year. How many of you are New Year's resolution setters? How many of you are New Year's resolution setters? Let me see. Be proud, all right? My hand is up with you, all right? How many of you are not New Year's resolution setters? You are not New Year's resolution setters. I found that the not New Year's resolution setters are always more proud than the resolution <laughs> setters, all right? Um, I, feel like I don't know why that is. Everyone's like, yeah, I hate New Year's resolutions, all right? Um, no matter how you view it, uh, the new year does often uh, begin a new slate, whether you set goals and resolutions or whatever you want to call them, dreams, visions, uh, sugar plums, I don't know. Anyways, uh, but whatever you want to call them, uh, no matter how you view them, the new year is a start and a fresh start uh, for many. It's a time to really reflect on 2000 or on the year behind and uh, look forward to maybe what you have in the new year and uh, what you have facing you. Maybe there's something you want to do, even if you don't call it necessarily a resolution. Maybe you say, you know what, this year I want to whatever. Um, last Yesterday in the car, uh, my wife and I were talking on the way home, and I said, this year one of my goals is to, and I told her something I wanted to buy for her, and uh, she kind of looked at me, and she was like, really? And I was like, yeah. I was like, but to, to accomplish that, we're going to have to stop spending. She's like, eh, I don't know that I want it that bad. So anyways, uh, so uh, we were... But uh, we were talking about that, and so maybe even if you just say, you know what, this, this year I want to be able to do this, I want to try to buy a house, or I want to try to move into a different apartment, or I want to whatever, okay? The new year is an opportunity for you to really look forward uh, to what is coming up. And so as I really thought about how do we capitalize on this moment spiritually, there's very few uh, years that you get to start off on a Sunday on January 1. Some of you, if your New Year's goal was a diet, uh, then uh, you would rather start on Monday, all right? Uh, that, Monday's always coming. If you mess up on Tuesday, you can always just say, well, I'm starting next Monday, all right? Um, so anyways, but maybe, maybe you would have rather it started on a Monday. But spiritually, this year, the Lord has given us January 1 on a Sunday. And I really just want to share with you three simple thoughts from Scripture, from really one of my favorite verses in Scripture, 2 Peter chapter number 3, verse 18. I want you to really understand the context before we begin reading this. Peter, um, in his two epistles, is writing to Christians who have been scattered abroad, either by persecution or mainly by persecution, or maybe by relocation. Maybe there was uh, something going on in their area, and so they were scattered abroad to maybe either help another church or they moved somewhere else. And so it is First and Second Peter is really set in the context of 
how do we have hope? A couple years ago, um, our pastor taught through, I believe it was a Wednesday night, might have been a Sunday night series uh, on First and Second Peter, and it was just titled, There is Hope. And uh, talking through how that the Christian life brings us hope and how that there's always something to look forward to when we're looking for Jesus to return. But when you look and you close out these two epistles, so the very ending thing that Peter says is 2 Peter chapter number 3, verse 18, and the Bible says this, But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. Would you read that out loud together with me? Verse number 18, a very uh, simple verse, but an important verse with a lot of principle in it. Let's close it out. Close out 2 Peter chapter number 3 and verse 18 and read it out loud together. Ready? Begin. But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To Him be glory both now and forever. To Him be glory both now and forever. Amen. Let's pray and we'll talk for the next couple minutes about tis the season of resolution and uh, ask the Lord to really speak to our hearts. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we are so grateful uh, just for the opportunity you give us each and every day to worship you, to please you, and to honor you. And Lord, I pray that as these young adults look forward to what you have for them in the new year, I know that many of them would love to uh, maybe meet someone this year and uh, begin a relationship with, with someone. Lord, I know that many would maybe like to get a job promotion or change a living location or maybe change a friendship. But Lord, I pray that most importantly, as we look forward to a new year, that we would look forward to what you're going to do in our hearts and in our lives this coming year. God, I know that it seems like it is forever away, but we learn the older we get is that our time does become very short. And I pray that as we begin 2023 on January 1, that as we gather back together on January 2nd or 31st, December 31st of, of this year, Lord, I pray that when we look 12 months into the future that we would be different spiritually as a result of what you've done in our hearts and in our lives. I ask that you would give me the words to say, Lord, you know that I'm weak today. Lord, you know that I need your help. In your name we pray. Amen. I am someone who would have proudly uh, raised their hand. Uh, I did raise my hand as uh, someone who's a New Year's goal setter, New Year's resolution setter. Um, I, I can often get pretty nerdy with it. The, the busier that my life has uh, gotten, it seems like that they just kind of live up in my head and I kind of know what I'm shooting for each and every year. But I'm someone who I like to reflect, I like to evaluate, I like to see what went wrong, I like to see what, uh, what I need to do better at. And uh, there's, there's often moments in my life where when I look at the past year, I find all of the imperfections. Um, my wife, uh, over the last couple of weeks, she's, she's been saying that I have a knack or a, a gift for finding what's wrong with something. And so um, I, can walk into a, I can walk into a situation and um, I, 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 lo I love what I do. And, and so we'll walk into a church and we'll be taking, we took a tour uh, with, of a, with the church that I was speaking at a couple of weeks ago with one of the assistant pastors. And uh, as we were walking through, I was asking all these questions like, well, why do you think they put that post there? Well, why is that door there? Why did they not move it there? 
and she's like, you just kind of have like this gift for like, well, that doesn't seem like that would work. And so uh, anyways, it, and, and most of the time they're like, yeah, it doesn't work. It's stupid. We don't know why it's there. And so, um, and so I was right. But uh, anyways, but I, I can kind of, I can diagnose what's wrong with the situation pretty quickly. And most of the time, the reason why I'm doing that is because in the back of my mind, I'm also thinking like, well, this is also how we could fix the scenario. So I'm not just a problem finder. I'm also a solution giver. Okay. Um, and so I, I do tend to do that. Well, many times as I look at my life or I look back over a year, it's very easy for me to find the imperfections. Um, I am what you would call a perfectionist. I like things to work. I like things to work well. I like things to work right. Um, I like things to look good. I like things to look right. And I like things to feel the way that they should feel. And so oftentimes it's easy for me to find the imperfections. And the truth is, no matter if you're a perfectionist or an imperfectionist, I don't know if that's a thing, but um, it's easy to find the imperfections in your life, isn't it? Many times the imperfections, the things that are not right, are very glaring and easy to spot. Most of you today, if we passed around a microphone, which we don't have in here, okay, but if we passed around something or if we just had everybody stand and we said, what is the one thing that is not perfect in your life? Really narrowing it down to the least perfect thing would probably be difficult, wouldn't it? Most of us, if we were honest, we would like to probably be a little healthier than we are right now. We would like to maybe have a little bit of a nicer vehicle. We would like to have more money in the bank account. We would like to have a different living location. We would like to have a different job. You can find 10, 15, 20 things that are imperfections, that feel like they're not exactly right. And several years ago, as I was closing out in a year, I was listening to a podcast or reading a book or something, and Basically, the author, the person who was speaking, made this statement, and it struck deep into my heart, and it's been something that I have sought to do each and every year as I look back over the course of a year and once again did this year. And what the person said was this. Many times when we set New Year's resolutions or we look at our lives, we look at a way to become more perfect rather than to grow. I want to say that again. Because I think that sometimes we just so easily miss this. We look for ways to become more perfect rather than to grow. Now let me bring that into a spiritual sense, okay? You, as a child of God, were never intended to be perfect. You were never promised a perfect life. You were never promised a perfect bank account, a perfect job, a perfect spouse, a perfect friendship, a perfect whatever, Okay? Nothing in this life is perfect. There was one person who was perfect, and his name was Jesus Christ. And because he was perfect, you now have the freedom to be imperfect. Now, let me take that just one step further, okay? When you step back and you look at the beginning of a new year, it's easy to say, well, this is the area of my life that I need to make more perfect. And as Peter closes out this book of the Bible and really closes out his thoughts toward Christians through the, uh, through the Holy Spirit and through the, word, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he doesn't say, but grow in perfection. He doesn't say, become more perfect. He doesn't say, look at all of the things that you're doing wrong and get better at them. That is a cultural lie that we've been given. So much of our life that we view is viewed and it is curated to perfection, okay? Let me give you a, a for instance. How many of you like the like fixer-upper TV shows like HGTV, all that stuff, okay? 
okay? My wife and I, when we first got married, the first year we got married was when Fixer Upper came out. We watched the first season of Fixer Upper. It was a horrible foundation to begin a marriage on. I'm just kidding. <laughs> we watched the first season of Fixer Upper in our apartment, okay? And I remember we would sit there and we would dream and like we would look at the junkiest houses. Like Chip and Joanna Gaines just made you have this feeling like you could do absolutely anything, okay? And so we've always thought like, oh, it'd be so cool to buy a fixer upper. I literally remember we, we, when we were buying a house, we walked into a house that was $60,000 in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Probably can't even, that $60,000 probably wouldn't even buy you the ditch that the house is on now, all right? But it was $60,000, and I remember we walked in, and my mom literally had to pull her shirt. She was with us that day. She had to pull her shirt up over her nose because it smelled so awful. And like me and Lauren, we just thought like, this is it. This is the one. Our hearts, like it has spoken to our hearts. And like, and then like we get to looking around and we're like $60,000. Like, like our budget is like maybe 90,000 on top of that. 90,000, like we're still going to have a stinky house with maybe new floors in it. Like that's where we were going to get in, in that. Okay. And so it didn't end up becoming a reality, and we look back on it. Lauren says she looks back on it, and she was like, wow, that was the greatest, greatest answer to prayer that we ever missed. And I was like, oh, no, that, like, God missed that one. Like, I think we could have done it. Like, uh, and so anyways, but you look at all that, and, it, and it's so perfectly, I mean, they peel back those giant things and all of this stuff, and, and everything's just so wonderful, and like everything matches, and it's so well lit and all this stuff, and, and the cameras just make it look absolutely gorgeous. The truth is, is that if you walked in that house right now, yes, it would probably feel a new, little newer and a little fresher, and it would be nice, okay? But so much of it is curated to perfection on television that it cannot even be matched in reality. What you see on your social media feed is so perfectly timed and and maybe the scene that you're that's you're saying oh well so-and-so got to go to the bahamas and look at this okay and they've got their picture in front of this light blue water and there's just this beautiful sunset what they don't tell you is there's thirty thousand other people with stinky feet 10 feet outside the picture all right or now with those little google phones you can erase everybody who's in the wall so it looks awesome okay what they didn't tell you is that they had to walk through 110 degree sand and get burns on their feet to get out to that picture all right Everything that we see is so viewed through the lens of, wow, this is perfect, that what we have a tendency to do is to step back and say, well, if that's perfect, then look at what I'm experiencing. And rather than just step back and say, Lord, how can I grow this year? We step back and we say, how can I make my life more perfect this year? Well, all of my friends got this new car. And so now I've got to manipulate my finances so that I can have that new car. Well, all of my friends got this job promotion or got this job or, or they have this relationship. And so now my only goal going into the new year is to find me uh, someone that I can date. Find me someone who looks the way that my friend looks. Because so much is viewed through the lens of perfection. And so here's what I want to, you to change in your thinking this year is rather than shoot for perfection, let's shoot for growth. Rather than say, I'm here and the standard is here, let's shoot for, I'm here, and by the end of next year, I would like to be here spiritually. I would like to be here in any area of your life, okay? Physically, financially, whatever, emotionally, relationally. 
I'm here. And if the standard is here, if this is what the world is telling me, okay, that's not what God is telling you. God is telling you to grow in grace. So I want to give you three quick thoughts to apply to this year, okay? Three quick thoughts. First of all, I believe it's already up on the screen for you. Seek growth, not perfection. Seek growth, not perfection. The Bible says in verse number 18, he says, but grow in grace. But grow in grace. Meaning this, that as you grow in this Christian life, that it should be done through the grace and the goodness of God, not through the driving force of society. Most of the imperfections of your life you would not even know were imperfect if you didn't have a phone in your pocket. Most of the things that we say, well, I haven't arrived yet, we wouldn't even know that we hadn't arrived yet if it would have been 50 years ago. And one of the pressures of this generation and of the, of the group in this room is that it's so easy to compare. Comparison is the thief of joy. You will rob yourself of God's blessings today by paying attention to the blessings of God on maybe someone else's life. You will miss what God has for you. So seek growth and not perfection. But then secondly, I want you to see this. Grow in grace. Grow in grace, meaning this. That if you are growing and it's because some outside source is pushing you to grow. That's not growing in grace. Growing in grace is a Christ-like growth. Growing in grace, please, I want you to listen to this, okay? Growing in grace looks like how Jesus' disciples grew. Jesus' disciples didn't grow because he was lording over them and saying, Oh, Peter, you're such an idiot. Come on, Peter, get your act together. The disciples' growth was three and a half years of them watching their Savior live a perfect life. And then immediately after he leaves, it's like all of a sudden it clicks. All of a sudden, what they had seen and heard for three and a half years, did they make mistakes afterwards? Absolutely. Peter got, got in a disagreement. Uh, if you, obviously, Paul was not someone who was under Jesus' tutelage, but he's considered a disciple after due season. We won't get into that. Okay, but blah, 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 you get it, all right? Okay, but Paul was someone who had a disagreement with Barnabas and over John Mark. Okay, these were imperfect people. But yet their growth was not spurred because they were looking at, well, okay, this person over here has a nice leather Bible and they, they drink their coffee. and they No, their growth was spurred because Jesus Christ was living inside of them and they thought, this is how I want to be different. This is what I want to change. This is what I want to do differently because of Jesus Christ. And please watch this. We live in a world that the growth in our lives is so driven by society and outside sources that for many Christians, we don't even know how to grow in grace. It's almost like we need someone to crack the whip on us spiritually because that's the way that society works. 
There is, there is a webinar, there is a guru out there for everything, okay? You can find someone who can tell you that they can have, make you a billionaire by the end of January, okay? And you can watch their webinar for $299, and then you figure out that they are a billionaire because they charge you $299 to learn how to become a billionaire, okay? Those are the types, you can find someone like that. And they're going to say, oh, you've got to hustle. You've got to stay up late. You've got to do this. Like, if you want to put in the work, then you're going to get the, like, and it's just this big, like, flowery, like, and you're ready to charge it. And then you're like, holy smokes, I don't have enough money for a cheeseburger, okay? You've got that. You've got someone who can say, oh, if you do this many push-ups, if you eat my diet, if you live my lifestyle, then, then you'll have this. If you, if you sign up under me, then you'll be this. And if you do this, and, like, and there's pyramid schemes that don't look like pyramid schemes, and that's the way that our world looks. And it's because growth is so much from the exterior, like, you, please help me. And when it comes to our spiritual life, it's almost like we don't know what to do because Jesus doesn't do that. Jesus grabs our hand and says, would you walk with me? Let me show you how good I am. Let me show you how loving I am. Let me be your shepherd. Let me walk with you. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to fail. You're going to mess up. But grow in grace. And please watch this. As we grow in grace, it is so much easier for us to be grace extenders to others. And what the world needs to see in 2023 from Christians is grace. They don't need to see us driving like everyone else. Not driving, okay? They probably don't need to see that too. But <laughs> it's a different message for a different day. They don't need to see us pushing like everyone else. They need to see what does grace look like. Meaning this. When someone messes up an order or Comcast bills you for $297 rather than your cheap internet for $67, okay? If you're a child of God, that's not an opportunity to make something right. That's an opportunity to show grace. I'm not saying waste $237. That's not what I'm saying, okay? What I'm saying is show grace. Show the love of Christ. But grow in grace. First of all, seek growth, not per perfection. Secondly, grow in grace. And then thirdly, I love this. He says, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Lastly, learn more about Jesus. You'll have to forgive me. I've been teaching this class now for, I don't even know how many years. I'll do the math later, all right? A long time, all right? <laughs> But the older that I get, the more that I realize there is a lot of shallowness that we can present, uh, that I can present as a leader to young adults. I can give you game nights, and we'll have a game night this year, okay? I can give you activities, and we'll have some activities this year. We can go on a retreat, and we can go zip lining, canoeing, kayaking, what tubing, whatever, okay? And we will probably, we will do that this year, okay? But more than anything else, my heart's desire for you is not fellowship with one another, but fellowship with Jesus Christ. 
And right now you're at a stage of your life where it is very easy for you to say, well, because I don't have a relationship with here with others around me, then I don't, I don't even know what Christianity is. And sometimes I listen to podcasts about young adult ministries. I've, I read books about young adult ministries. And it's always discouraging to me when one of the first things that get brought up is, well, find a way to get them connected. Find a way to get them connected to each other, okay? I want you to be connected. Please do not miss the, the message in this. I want you to be connected to each other. I want you to have godly friendships. But you know what more than anything I desire for you? Is that one of these days when God does bring the right person along into your life, or, or maybe, he, maybe he doesn't, or whatever the scenario is in your life. I want you to be prepared to be a godly spouse. I want you to be someone who's walking with Jesus for your kids' sake. I want you to be someone who's walking with Jesus for your coworkers and for your classmates and, and for, for those around you so that you can be a light. And in a world that is so disconnected, sometimes the church tricks people and they put a hook in their jaw and say, well, we give you connections. And please listen to this. Just because you are friends with a godly person does not make you a godly person. And as Peter closes this book out, okay? Give me one minute. As Peter closes this book out, remember, he is speaking to Christians who have become disconnected from each other. Rather through persecution, relocation, maybe even service, okay? They're going and they're going to go plant a church somewhere else. So they're going to go help someone else. Okay, whatever. They've become disconnected. And he says this, grow in grace. Meaning this, seek to grow, not to be perfect. Seek to be gracious. Seek to experience God's grace. But then he says this, and grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I guess if there was one verse that I, I could really step back and identify as my prayer for the people in this room, it would be 2 Peter 3.18. Because I so want you to experience God for yourself. Look, I've read all the statistics about the people sitting in this room. Do you want to know? I, let me take all of, the, all of them and boil them down into one statement. Do you want to know why this generation in this room is walking away from the church? It's not because we didn't have cool enough coffee shops. It's not because we didn't have enough activity. It's not because we don't have cool Facebook posts. It's not because of uh, cool music. It's not because of any of those things. Because guess what? We're trying all of that. Or we're not. Other people are. But they're trying all of that, and people are still walking away. Do you know what it boils down to? Is that if you walk into someone's house and you don't know them, that still means that you don't know the owner of the house. Okay? So let me make that analogy for those of you who are still sleepy. When you walk into God's house, it doesn't matter how cool it is. If you still don't know the owner, you don't want to come back. And if you don't walk with God for yourself and learn how to fall in love with him and say, God, you've been so good to me. God, look at what I'm learning about you. God, look at how I can follow you. Then please watch this. There's nothing that Crosspoint can do for you that the world can't do better. The only thing that I have to offer to you in this room that is better than anything out there is, the Lord, is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. 
And so this year, my prayer for you is this, is that you would seek growth and not perfection, that you would grow in grace, and that you would learn more about Jesus. Because by learning more about Jesus, I firmly believe that it will shape you into something that is beautiful and different and more Christ-like and more perfect than what you would have experienced had you done it the world's way. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm going to say a quick word of prayer and we'll be done. Well, thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Crosspoint Podcast. Remember to take a moment to subscribe on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And again, don't hesitate to leave us a five-star review and tell others about this content. Remember, we would love to have you be our guest in person this Sunday at 10 a.m. at the Franklin Road Baptist Church in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. You can connect with us online at frbc.com and we look forward to seeing you again soon.